Let's talk some Doctor Strange spoilers. Today I'm doing a more freeform discussion of the Multiverse of Madness. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast and today's episode as indicated is just kind of free form my thoughts on uh having seen the doctor strange in the multiverse of madness some things i really like some things i think they could have done better with and uh, potential complaints people are going to have and so on and so forth and yeah that's the general gist and so i think i'll kind of just go into some of the big things that i loved right off the bat uh this is your spoiler warning up front because i'm going to go basically starting <laughs> Starting early uh, up front is uh, just with a bunch of stuff that I love, which is spoilerific. So without further ado, let's get going. So <laughs> the things that really stand out for me are what I just, I would say, are Sam Raimi specialties. Uh, there's a lot of uh, visual and, uh, you know, action nods to previous Sam Raimi stuff. And some of the, some of the stuff is, is more subtle. So for instance, at one point, Early, you know, basically after America Chavez comes through her portal into New York, into New York City, Doctor Strange and Wong and, and Wong start battling this giant octopus-looking thing as it climbs up a building where you see the inside of where you see the inside of this building and people are freaking out as this thing climbs up and is holding on to somebody and I go, oh, I've seen this before, which of course it's it's one of the major action beats, uh, many of the action beats actually from Spider-Man Two. So nice little visual nod there. I th I think that's cool, and obviously he still knows how to do it. I think I think the octopus might even be climbing the same building, so that that much is pretty cool. And then there's the less obvious stuff, at least if you're not a deep into Sam Raimi stuff, uh, such as when we get to the film's end. Um, basically, they've introduced this idea as kind of like this uh, dream walking, which is this idea that uh, dreams are essentially versions of visions of yourself from the multiverse. And so they're actually things that really happen, which I think is kind of a cool idea, but they're just different versions of you. And that's why you see them. But what somebody with enough power and the right spell can do is particularly like this book of black magic spells, the Darkhold, which basically is the book of the dead. <laughs> from from looks um from look and feel is uh so you can basically you can kind of possess yourself in another universe and towards the end of the film um because the movie opens with a version of dr strange being killed and then america chavez popping into uh you know new york city with the dr strange we know so <laughs> dr strange is stuck in another universe where he's with his evil self but he needs to stop scarlet witch and so what he does is that he possesses a dead body. And from there, it's basically he's taking Zombie Strange, uh, the dead version of himself. So he's taking Zombie Strange to go fight Scarlet Witch. And that is the most and everything in terms of the design. It looks like a deadite. It's so great. <laughs> so Sam Raimi snuck a deadite into <laughs> his Doctor Strange movie, his first MCU movie. So that is exactly what i want him there for and then of, of course we have stuff like the obligatory obligatory bruce campbell gag character who's just a physical comedy bit who's uh can't stop his own hand again just reference after reference after reference uh just sam raimi just having a time 
and it, it even leans into one of the post-credit scenes, which I won't spoil, but I love that at least one of these is a bit of a... Uh, it's pulling the audience's leg a bit, so I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a like a lot of the big stuff. And then the action scene between um, kind of evil Doctor Strange and, and current Doctor Strange where they fight with music notes is very cool. Like, that's... I don't know, it's just like a lot of visual imagination that you maybe wouldn't see in this other, you know, because like I said, thus far they've been, it's been mostly in reality warping and not just getting like weird or experimental and whatever, um, at least by at least by comparison. Because in this, in this film we have a lot more visuals that look more akin to something like you'd see in a Guillermo del, del Toro movie or something else, and so... A lot of changes in the color palette, which is nice. Uh, there's still, obviously, there's still the MCU undercurrent, but still works really well. In terms of stuff that I would change, I, I think, honestly, I think most, the thing that most people are going to have the most trouble with is the Scarlet Witch stuff, uh, especially coming, especially if you came in cold, like you don't, as cold as you could, rather, because obviously most people are, so, like, have seen a lot of the Marvel movies. Uh, you don't necessarily need to have seen all of them. Um, to see this, but you, chances are you have. But it's more this idea that um, because Scarlet Witch is actually the primary threat in this movie, which is which is something they've kind of kept under wraps. But it's also directly tied to like her losing her fictitious children in WandaVision, and so I think some people are. I can already see some people are having issues with this idea of like, oh, you already needed to watch WandaVision, and I didn't watch WandaVision, so I still kind of got it. Um, but it also, her, her power and everything that she's able to do seems complete, like, for a lot of people, seems completely OP. Like, it's completely overpowered, and she is, like, she's such a threat that she can just basically go to Karmitage, um, where all of, you know, Wong, where the Source of Supreme is, where Doctor Strange is, and basically just walk through. Like, she is... She is so powerful that basically nothing but this incredibly equally, like basically the good book can beat her version, when, especially when she's wielding the, the bad book. And I think the thing that is going to probably be the most divisive, and I can completely understand why, is that Wanda's motivation is that she wants to kind of recreate her children or replace a version of herself in another universe. So... You can kind of get that uh, because she's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're there all the time. And they loosely p play at this idea. It's like, well, it actually, you know, you'd be like taking them away. And uh, interestingly enough, this is something that A Happy Death Day covered. And I think they actually did a better job of it. A Happy Death Day to you, rather, covered. And I think that was interesting. Um, the, the main thing, though, that I th the main issue, though, is that I think it's it's portraying this as like kind of this. If WandaVision was all about her processing grief and coming to terms with it, this is basically her like just leaning full on into it and choosing rage and choosing violence and all of that. And so it, I think for some people, they'll be like, okay, they kind of undid her arc or they, they simplified her a lot. Like she's just nothing but pain and rage. And that's how her character is portrayed. And that's how she acts most of the time. And so it's, it's very... I don't know, in terms of her turn going straight villainous, like in the MCU, like in terms of the films, there's been hints that Wanda is the most, one of the most capable in terms of, you know, her power set, uh, just in terms of how she was able to, you know, look like she was able, about to be able to just destroy Thanos single-handedly. But 
in terms of like her character and motivation outside of, like all she knows is anger and uh, you know there's no peace or anything you know i don't know it, it just feels very simplistic and that's unfortunately that's a problem that has occurred in numerous sam raimi movies um i think elizabeth olsen's perf like multiple performances um are fantastic and there's a number of good standoff scenes where like heroes from other universes are just trying to stop her and failing and that that's where a lot of the darkest scenes come from because she's just so such a destructive force so that much is pretty interesting but again i think maybe not well established enough and i would say the same for america chavez because we basically get one scene of exposition with her and see little bits and pieces of her personality but not as much as i would like to and not really good firm grasp on like what her powers are and i'd like to see more of that hopefully more moving forward uh, i i hope you know she's a she's a fun character um they got her look down if nothing else and her uh, and um i'm gonna i gotta look up but um the the actor who perform uh, performs her um is is very is very good as well so oh good yeah octatil Oct gomez so she's fantastic and then um you know, even even bits like getting to see, you know, different versions of uh, Rachel McAdams character uh, playing Christine. That's all fun. And yeah, so that's that's the that's the biggest thing. I think that and I and I did address this in my early review that there's a lot of interesting ideas at play, but I don't think any of them are very well discovered. And I did hear that initially that this movie was about two and a half hours long and then they hacked it down. Um, they hacked it down to about to like two hours even. And I'm wondering exactly what got cut. And if it's moments of, you know, my guess is, and this tends to be the situation with most movies like this, is that it's stuff that is non-critical plot stuff, like non-critical character or plot stuff that can just be cut out. Like it's just an extra moment. And then, so especially if you've got 20 to 30 minutes of that, maybe you take it out. But if it is like substantial, then I would say that wasn't actually the right decision because then, you know, we could have better idea of, like, what, what Dr. Strange's headspace says, more information about America Chavez, and more, and, you know, more information about everybody, which I think would be interesting. Um, that said, I think that a lot of Marvel fans will be kind of over the moon over a number of the, like, what-if scenarios. So the, the reveal of the Illuminati involves Professor X in his, like, 90s cartoon look, um, John Krasinski shows up as Mr. Fantastic, so a lot of people got their casting wish this year. Um, Lashana Lynch uh, coming in as this ver this universe's version of Captain Marvel. We also have uh, Agent Carter as our Captain America. All good stuff. And then uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor coming back as Baron Mordo. Always good. I always love Chiwetel anytime he's in anything. So there's a like there's a lot of it's a it's a mixed bag. I think overall the experience was just it was a lot of fun. It may not be as substantial or may not feel as like it has earned the emotional investment as other movies, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. So let me know what you think in the comments or wherever you might find me online. So with that, that, that oh, sorry. So with that, uh, that'll be the end of today's kind of freeform episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you next time. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.